This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Independent news commentary with a California perspective, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 9, Episode 11. My Hometown, Barcelona. Talking with Fariba Resvani and Miguel Valls. In our continuing series of global cities, viewed from the perspective of its residents, we feature Barcelona, Spain's second city after Madrid. Located on the northeast shore of the Iberian Peninsula on the Mediterranean, this city of 1.6 million people is a cultural, industrial, educational, and artistic mecca. The surrounding region has a total metro population of over 4 million people, making this one of Europe's largest urban centers. Our guests today are Fariba Resvani and Miguel Valls, who live and work in Barcelona. They are also the co-chairs of the San Francisco-Barcelona Sister City Committee, which links San Francisco to Barcelona. Barcelona is also the capital of Catalonia, one of Spain's principal regions. Fariba and Miguel will share with us what it's like to raise a family, run a business, and live in this cosmopolitan city, the largest city on the Mediterranean. The Gothic Quarter has many Roman ruins, but by far the most renowned symbol of the city is Sagrada Familia Basilica, a huge cathedral in Gaudí's signature modernist but fantastical style. It's still under construction 100 years after the foundation stone was first laid. It's hard to miss the unique architectural stamp that native son Antoni Gaudí has made upon Barcelona, whether you walk the leafy pathways of Parque Güell or stroll along its boulevards, his apartment buildings and office buildings seem to enjoy pride of place. But a short distance from downtown lay two miles of golden sand beaches frequented by locals and tourists alike. The Picasso Museum, with over 3,500 examples of the artist's early works, acknowledges the time that he lived here as a young man and his unique artistic contribution to Barcelona and Spain. Barcelona's soccer team, FC Barcelona, also known as Barca, was founded in 1899 and has seen some of soccer's greatest players like Diego Maradona and Lionel Messi play in its colors. The team plays at Camp Nou Stadium and you should try to catch a game when you're next in town. But let me introduce our host today so you can hear firsthand what it's like to be a Barcelona resident. Fariba, Miguel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. My pleasure. Let, tell me, how did you decide to relocate from San Francisco to Barcelona? First, let me introduce myself. Basically, I'm, I'm originally Iranian. I moved to the United States more than 30 years ago, and I moved to San Francisco in year 2006. I met Miguel in San Francisco Bay Area through a business spree that was initiated by Chamber of Commerce of Barcelona. And then through that, we decided to kind of have an event to bring some investors from San Francisco to Barcelona. So we started working together, and through these trips that I was making back and forth, I saw the similarities between San Francisco and Barcelona, and we suggested to both mayors that this would be a good idea for them, for them to become sister cities because of the 
similarities like you know proximity to water climate being smart cities entrepreneurial spirit cuisine and wines and so many of them and also we discovered that um, san francisco was actually discovered by a catalan man yes that's a <laughs> that's a fact by gaspar de portola actually yeah. and you know we have the highway um, portola portola is comes from his name Oh really? Okay. Well, I just walked up. I just walked up Portola Drive this morning for my walk. So there, there's our Barcelona connection right there. And Barcelona connection right there, exactly. So fast forward, Miguel and I worked. We started dating, and then we got married. Now we have two twins, six-year-old twins. Yes. And we decided to move to Barcelona because it's a it's a very family oriented city, and we wanted to be close wanted them to be close to the grandparents, and also it's um it has a lot of parks, it have a lot of places that offers to the kids to go out and play. The climate is always great. The education system is wonderful. So I mean we have been very happy, and we've been thinking of really going back. But also you know Barcelona offers so much, so we keep kind of like rethinking the idea. It should be we be here. Or not, and on the business side of it, you know, because I'm an entrepreneur and an angel investor, and when we met with Miguel, we started our own private fund, investing in both companies from here and there in the early stage. So we find it very easy, and right now you really don't have to be in a certain spot to kind of like, you know, especially after COVID, we know that you know being online is really not an issue, so you can work from anywhere in the world. So this is my perspective. In this city offers so much that it's really hard. And I probably is one of the best cities, if not the, the the best city in the Europe to live. And Miguel, what's your what's your take on Barcelona? Yeah, well, uh, thank you for having me, Jim. Uh, I'm uh, Miguel Vice, originally from uh, Barcelona, but uh, I lived uh, half of my life in other places. Uh, the, my my last stay abroad was uh, San Francisco uh, yes. during eleven years which was when we met with Fariba and, uh, you know, all, all what she said happened. My, my background is in law and finance, and I've been an entrepreneur, an investor for the past 25 years. Another of the reasons that brought us to Barcelona was to, to start a business project, a venture capital fund bridging the Silicon Valley ecosystem and the Barcelona-Spain ecosystem using both cities as gateways of their of their regions, and and most most of that, as as Fariba said, happened also because in one of my stays in Barcelona, be, before starting the, the the sister city community project, I discovered that some of my friends were part of the friends of Gaspar de Portola, uh -huh. which with with Junipero Serra Serra in seventeen sixty nine were coming from north of Mexico looking for Monterey Bay and they got into San Francisco Bay yes. without knowing it. Uh -huh. and that was the beginning of the story. Uh, the first building built in San Francisco, which is Mission Dolores, was yes. built by them uh -huh. and never destroyed by an earthquake, right? So that's, that's, that's how we, we thought that, you know, we had already a link between both cities and we should push forward to increase it, and, and these are the results. Well, that's, you know, I didn't know that our roots here in San Francisco were so deeply tied in the Barcelona region. So thank you for 
Thank you for clarifying that. And every time I walk down Portola Drive, I'm going to think about our Barcelona sister city and just another reason for, for maintaining those, those wonderful ties. Now, tell me a little bit about your, your ventures as investors there in Spain. I've read that, that Barcelona is a biotech center. Of course, San Francisco is a big biotech center. Tell, tell me a little bit about the business environment and what it's like to invest in companies there versus investing in companies here in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a work in progress. As, as Fariva said, one, uh, one of the first events and the first event in Barcelona that brought a venture capitalist to the city to analyze project was this project that, that we did in 2007. So we have a young ecosystem, but it's vibrant, it's growing, uh, life science, health tech, but also, you know, internet, also e-commerce, and even some deep tech are already happening, specifically on the areas of smart mobility, uh-huh. smart cities. So one of the, we think that there are two or three main advantages for Barcelona which are the geography and location makes talent attraction from the rest of Europe. We think we have the best quality of life in Europe for sure. This work that we have done for the past almost 20 years uh, has helped with organizations like Tech Barcelona and others to really uh, bottom up and and, and level this, this, this ecosystem. Uh, what we need to work at the moment, and the president of Spain, Sanchez, was in Silicon Valley last week talking about that. We need to be able, as a city, to work on talent retention. Mm-hmm. And that's not only Barcelona, that's Spain in general. And this needs to happen with the help of government institutions. We are bringing the new startup law for the country to really help to regulate stock options and tax related issues, et cetera, for the startup scene. That's our main, that's our main thing. But, but we think younger generations love the city. They love to come. Now we need to be able to keep them here for, for, for enough time to, to build their businesses. Absolutely. And talent retention is, is, is an issue wherever you go in the world because people, have certainly before COVID, we were all very mobile. We could hop on a plane. We could go to Barcelona. We could go to San Francisco. We could go pretty much anywhere in the world, just a, a simple passport and an airline ticket. Obviously, COVID has slowed that down, but hopefully post-COVID, we'll get back to that. Now, wasn't there an air link between, didn't we have a direct flight from Barcelona to San Francisco? We did. Actually, we had two of them. There was one with Norwegian Air yes, and the other one with the Level, which is actually Siberia. I think during the COVID and everything, basically they stopped, but Level has restarted it. So I'm very, I'm very sure that we're going to get more of them. And United Airlines, I think, used to have it during Mobile World Congress. Uh-huh. But I think eventually, because it's a, it's, a, it's a great, you know, it's a great business for them. So once hopefully COVID is over, they're going to have that as well. Okay, wonderful. Now, tell me about the life as a young family living in Barcelona. And notice I said Barcelona, I didn't say Barcelona. Living in <laughs> Barcelona with, with two young kids. What, how, 
how is it? How how do you how do you get around? Is do you bicycle a lot? Do you walk? Do you are your kids active in sports? What's your day to day life like as a young family in Barcelona? To I mean the basically the public system here is amazing. It's amazing. So you basically really don't need a car, uh-huh. and it's a, such a walkable city. Let's say since we moved here. First of all, I lost a lot of weight, and I, my, I, I mean, and my blood test has never been so good. My cholesterol, oh. everything. So because I just walk everywhere, uh-huh. and every neighborhood has their own market. So you basically go and buy everything fresh. You don't have to freeze or anything. So you buy fresh fish. Sometimes the fish is so fresh that it's still moving, <laughs> and the produce is amazing, amazing, and the food is amazing. The uh-huh. wine is amazing. And, and uh, regarding kids, so they go to the international school, they go to American school, uh-huh. but uh, Barcelona has so many private schools, public schools and international schools, and all of them are pretty, I mean, they have, they have high ranking throughout Europe. And we just live right across from a park, we can see the park, and every neighborhood has its own park. And uh, with like, you know, playground and everything. So the kids basically, they can bike around and it's very, very, very safe. You see kids without the parents around and nobody's even worried about it because everybody more or less in the neighborhoods, they know each other. And it's a very family oriented kind of a city. So parents and grandparents and the children, they're all together. Weekends, they get together. Usually they don't stay in the city. They go the cities to the cities that are around like uh, or the areas like Costa Brava or Sitges, which is Sitges is half an hour from here. Costa Brava is one hour from here. France is an hour and a half from here. So it's and, you know, it offers more space. So if you want to be like also by the beach and also have some garden to run around, it's pretty close. So like it's the same thing from you guys. If you want to go from San Francisco to, let's say, Napa. Right. It's the same distance. Ah, so uh-huh. it offers a, a lot. And if you don't want to be going out of the city, stay in the city. It offers so many things for the kids and they don't really get bored and they, they just love to be in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Now, do you actually live in Barcelona itself or do you live in a suburb? No, we live in Barcelona itself in the neighborhood. Ah, wonderful. You want to add that again? Yeah, well, we, we live really down, downtown, uh-huh. but, but, but in a downtown that is, that is really quite green. So around our house, there are, there are three parks which is which is which is great. Also, the the level of independence of the kids when they are young is is high. So let's say you know when the kids are eight to ten years old, they go to you know by themselves to take the bus, yes. you know the school bus. So they they really don't need to go with the parents. So so there's there's a level of independence for the kids which is we think very healthy. And the only reason that we can do that is because it's very safe. Of course. Like everywhere, there are some areas that are less safe, you know, more marginal areas. And it happens, and especially now with the COVID situation, this has, this lack of security has increased, you know, a little bit, but nothing compared to other places in Europe and, and for sure in the US. You know, that's, that's, such a, that's such a blessing that your kids can go out and take the bus by themselves or play in the street and that they are confident and that you as parents are confident and that nobody has that that lurking fear that they might be in danger. So 
I can understand that's a very attractive feature for living in Barcelona. I wish I wish we could say the same here in San Francisco. We're not quite there yet here in San Francisco, but we're working on it. And again, hopefully that's something that as sister cities, we can learn some of the best practices from Barcelona and bring them here to San Francisco. So kudos to you. Kudos to you. So now in terms of recovering from COVID-19 and getting out of COVID-19, what, what is the roadmap? What is the, what is the, the time frame for you to get the economy and the schools and everything back to normal? Is that, is that underway yeah. now or, or have you been slowed down by the Delta variant? Well, we, no, it's it's completely it's completely underway. We have we have one. Uh, I mean, we started we started the slow in in general in Europe because of uh, I would say logistics around the the vaccines. I think uh, Euro, Europe was too cautious and not uh, aggressive enough to to really get the vaccines. So we started a slow. The the vaccination it's it's it has picked up a lot of the speed. Uh, people are getting vaccinated, you know, at, at all ages. Um, right now, I would say the 20 to 29 year old are, are, are being vaccinated as fast as possible because they are kind of the, the, the main target for, for the Delta variant. But we have a, a very strong healthcare system and uh, we have over 50% of the population in uh, Catalonia with uh, with uh, two vaccines or almost 40 with one vaccine and that these are data from 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 a couple of weeks ago so it's it's moving even faster at the moment i think i'm not so worried about that which is moving um, i would say well the main problem that that we have had in in barcelona but but in spain in general is that COVID has destroyed the sector of tourism. In our GDP, around 13 to 14% of GDP is related to tourism. Yes. And this went to just zero. Oh uh, I mean, not even, not even 1%. It went wow. to zero. So, so Barcelona was really empty, but, but the whole Spain was really empty of tourists, mm -hmm. right? So slowly... It's starting to, to recover by proximity. People from France or from Portugal are coming. And now slowly you are starting to see as people are more vaccinated, people to start coming back. But that was, uh, that was, a, hard, uh, that was a, a hard problem. Of course, it has improved also the rest of, of the economy, right? Like the tech economy, the new economy is growing very, very fast and, mm -hmm. and becoming more important on the GDP, which that's we think is... It, it's good. It's good for us. We cannot depend so much on tourism, but but it's been tough. COVID, it's been tough for, 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 for Spain in terms of the economy. Well, I remember reading those, uh, those stories about Spain last year in April and May of 2020, and it looks as though Spain had a really tough time of it. But uh, fingers crossed, it sounds as though you're beginning those first steps of coming out of it. But that's, a, that's astonishing there are astonishing numbers about the tourist industry, 13% of GDP down to zero. My goodness. Yeah. All the hotels, the restaurants, the tourist industries that were so dependent on that tourist flow. What did, you know, what did those people do when they didn't have jobs? They didn't have money coming in. Did the government step in and give money to unemployment checks to unemployed people? 
Well, we, we have had a good, good system of uh, forloads and the, the Spain and, and Europe, they have done well on that. We didn't have the direct checks as, as you had in US, but, uh, but they moved uh, quite, quite fast. Now, we are also part of the recovery fund, the system, the European next gen money, which is, um, which is going to be 100 and, uh, 150 billion for, for, for Spain, 79 billion in grants and uh, the rest in, 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 in kind of credit lines to, to really improve the country, but also to help the, the economy. And the good thing is that uh, the rebound is strong. We see numbers for uh, 2022, which they are saying that we are going to have the biggest growth in Europe for a developed country. Really? So, uh, so we are we are optimistic, and again, for sure, tourism is coming. We are pretty sure it's going to be a lot less part of the GDP in the future, which is also a good thing sure. for us as a developed economy. Still, as an example, still 50% of the hotels in Barcelona still close, really? and we are we're getting into into year two. So mm-hmm. that that shows the difficulty. What 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 business can can stay, you know, alive for two years without without any without income, customers right? without so, revenue? Yes, that's yes, yes, yes. So so, but 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 it's good. I think Spain is going to come out as a more modern country, more technological country, and as you said before, our biotech, health tech uh, sector, it's it's uh, you know, it's been doing very very well. Mm-hmm. and uh, improving so 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 they're part of the economy that are doing really really well let's talk a little bit about the the arts of course the picasso museum the miro museum of course they must have been they must have been impacted by covid the lack of tourists the lack of visitors how have those museums reopened can people go visit them um, yeah, I believe they have opened yeah all of them they have opened i mean of course they don't have as many visitors and there are some like, you know, that you couldn't even, you had to stand in line or you couldn't really get tickets even weeks in advance. Now you can just go and visit. And now you can see, like, let's say when we were in lockdown, which lasted for about eight months, I think. My goodness. You wouldn't see anybody in the street. I mean, I mean, Barcelona is like so lively. It was like, it was like unbelievable. It was really scary. Yes. But now you see a lot of people around, you know, you see a lot of tourists around and the tourists also are coming from from US. We uh-huh. have actually some friends from San Francisco that are visiting. So they have all been going to different places and they said everything has been open. So this is really good news for Barcelona. Uh-huh. Yeah. The other thing that it's also important to understand is that these numbers, what, what that we were saying, were mostly about tourists coming from abroad, right? But Spaniards also, uh, they love to move around. Sure. So we have been lucky as a city that that we are uh, an attracting city. So many Spaniards come to vacation in Barcelona, right? So so that was not a zero for, for the tourists coming from Spain, right? What, what, what was a zero was the tourists coming from abroad. Uh-huh. And what about FC Barcelona? Because I know... The Barcelonan people are fanatical supporters of uh, FC Barcelona, Barca, as it's known. How have how has the how has that soccer team managed during COVID? Are the stadiums open? Are the games open to the public, or or does the team just play in front of uh, empty stands? 
well, I think the first thing that we should say is that we are the first team in the world, right? Or the best team in the world. That's so right. That, that's that right. Anything, anything is possible. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Barcelona has done something very interesting, also kind of directed by, by a good friend of us, Didac Lee, which was in charge of the digital business in, in Barca. Barca has been able to live the life online also, right? As, as a number, I think that they have more than 150 million followers in their social networks. Really? They are, they are producing a media, digital media, and they have been able to be very alive while they could not play, right? Uh -huh. uh, also, for the past, um, for this past year, they have been able to play. They, they reopened the, the games, but without public, right? So they were playing with no public in the stadium. So the, the National League is happening. The European League is happening. And slowly they try to reopen the stadiums, but every time that they reopen, something happens, right? So now it's Delta, so they need to close again. So it's an opening, closing, opening, closing situation. But the team is the team is is is, is doing good. It was kind of getting a little bit older. Yes. But Messi has been renewed. Yes. And the younger gener and he's gonna direct the younger generation. So we're there to win everything again. <laughs> Well, this is, uh, you know, it's been great talking with both of you. You're you're very much missed here in San Francisco. And I will share this. I will make sure that this podcast goes out to, of course, all of our sister city chairs so that they can, they can hear what you're up to in Barcelona. In our remaining few minutes of the podcast, are there any remaining thoughts you have for our listeners today about Barcelona, Barcelona? What we should uh, what we should be doing to help Barcelona recover from this devastating COVID nineteen pandemic? Yes, please get vaccinated and come and visit us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Any other closing thoughts that you have for uh, for our listeners about Barcelona? Because this has been a it's been a real eye opener to to have two informed residents like yourself talking to us today about day-to-day -day life in a beautiful, wonderful city like Barcelona. Well, I, I would like to send a message to all, all the entrepreneurs that are, that are listening to tell them that, that we are we're really open for business. We have a great ecosystem and we really invite all of you uh, to come and visit because, because Barcelona has a lot to offer. We're just waiting for you to come. Well, listen, on that note, I want to thank my guest, Fariba Resvani and Miguel Valls, the co-chairs of the San Francisco-Barcelona Sister City Committee, for being my guest today and for keeping, uh, for keeping the faith and continuing to, to enforce those links between our two great cities, San Francisco and Barcelona. And thank you so much for your time today for sharing with us what, what it's like to live in your hometown of Barcelona. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you for inviting us. My Thank pleasure. you, Jim. Hopefully to see you very soon. I hope so. And for my listeners, please take a moment to visit our website, www.thesanfranciscoexperiencepodcast.com to subscribe. It's free to do so. And by subscribing, all future episodes will come directly to your inbox. You can also listen to all 170 past episodes, read my book, peruse my blog, send me an email, or make a comment. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting to you from America's favorite city, 
San Francisco. Thank you.